What is up, Beatas? This is Season 2, Episode 5. Today we bring you Bullet for My Valentine, The Poison. Once more I'll say goodbye to you. Things happen but we don't really know why. If it's supposed to be like this, why do most of us ignore the chance to miss? Oh yeah. Torn apart if it seems of my dreams turn to tears I'm not feeling this situation Run away, try to find that safe place you can't hide It's the best place to be when you're feeling like Me! Just be straight up with 
<laughs> all right, everybody. That was all these things I hate about you. We are here today. Uh, we we decided to drink a beer from the UK. As Gibby mentioned, um, or as he will mention later in the episode, or we might as well just mention it now, but bullet for my Valentine there from Wales, right, from the UK. So we decided to go with a UK beer, one of the classic UK yeah. beers. All right, so let's throw this back about, what, 13 years. 13 going, years. going back to 2006, you're hearing Tears Don't Fall for the first time. You're like, oh, this band's pretty fucking cool. Bullet for my Valentine. Any fucking clue there from the UK? I never had any idea until you mentioned it about six months ago. Yeah, I didn't either until I was just... I was listening to one of their live albums, which they were doing in uh, over in England. And the lead singer was talking to the crowd, and he had a fucking British accent. I was like, is he fucking with them? Or like, and then I looked into it, and sure enough, they're from the UK. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. Because I, <clears throat> I bought the album back in, um, well, I was doing some research, and it came out. So the album came out in the UK in 2005. It was October, October 3rd, 2005. It dropped in the UK. February 14th, 2006, it comes out in the States. Through, I'm at uh, Best Trust Buy. Trust Kill Records. I'm at Best Buy, right? Um, kind of, you know, looking around at albums, trying to figure out what I want to get. I think we were going on a road trip or something. It's a big family road trip. So I'm looking around at albums. And I, I think back then they had those things where you could, like, scan. You could scan the CD and kind of hear samples from the album. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like, all right, I, I, Bullet from My Valentine sounds familiar. Let me check out some of the, you know, some of the album. So I scan it, start listening to some of the songs. I'm like, all right, cool. This is pretty interesting. Let's let's do it. Excuse First you. burp of the night. Excuse you. Excuse you. So I, I I get the album back in 2006, whatever whatever. I think it was 2006, and that was you know that was my introduction to Bullet for My Valentine. And they with with the Poison, they they made a solid album. Just musically. Um, the, 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 the first song of the album, um, I, I noticed it the other day it had, it, it featured Apocalyptica. Oh yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was like, man, Apocalyptica. Yeah, it, sound- it, it was more like just an instrumental intro yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. So Apocalyptica, it's this like Finnish, uh, string metal band. So <laughs> it's so fucking Dude, the, Well, that intro is real, like, eerie and, like, yeah. it, it gets you ready for a real, yeah. like, dark, uh, dark metal. Well, I, I remember, because I, when I heard it, I was like, man, the sound, like, you know, strings in a metal band sounds kind of familiar. So I did, you know, I saw that it was Apocalyptica and I started to listen to Apocalyptica. And I remember hearing them a couple years ago. And they're just this, imagine just this orchestra, metal, instrumental band. It's so. So gnarly, so good. Yeah, that's a that's a great intro, and it goes straight into um, a uh, your first song pick. My first the, song, the pick. first like actual track on the album. Well, second uh, track two, but that first like real song. And one um, of the one of the reasons why I picked it, I'm I'm definitely more of a fan of the harder, you know, more fast paced metal type songs or in this case you know the, their their genre i guess is new metal um that's that's crazy because i i don't know like new metal to me uh i don't know Well, because if you think about it, i mean they they came i feel it, it like was, they came around the era it was during like that new metal right right like big push but what, i feel Mud like Vane new metal and, was a little more 
like earlier two thousands. Okay. I, I don't know, but like like they you can like consider like Lincoln Park, New Metal, like Corn, right, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I don't know, like kinda like with their f- albums after this album, but this album didn't really feel new metal new metal to me it felt more like of a post hardcore ish type okay. of type of uh vibe but maybe that's why i wasn't too into a couple of their albums after this until mm. like maybe venom and then their newest one gravity which we'll go over later i'm going to classify them as alt metal alternative metal alt metal that's that's a good one that's a good one we'll roll with that i don't cuz when 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 they started uh calling stuff new metal it was almost like a um it's kind of like a like an industrial metal it was, type well, well it's kind of like like metal heads would call it that because it wasn't metal to them you know it's like right. oh this isn't metal so they called it new metal you know it's almost like a disrespect kind of thing i mean i guess we, well, there, we do I it mean, today the, with yeah. today's music like oh that's just mumble rap there definitely is a huge contrast between some of the big metal bands which um, before we get into the first song, I just want to throw this out there. But it, uh, the Bullet for My Valentine recorded this in the UK, and the studio they recorded this at, Chapel Studios in the UK, had some of the. Listen to some of these bands that recorded there. This is some good shit. Lamb of God recorded there. Chimera recorded there. Machine Head recorded there. Napalm Death. Bad Company. This one was a little confusing. It said Slipknot, but it was two separate words, so I don't know if it's the Slipknot or some band <laughs> that was like, "Oh, Slipknot's a cool name, but we can't, you know, be the one na- like one word Slipknot, so let's split it up into two words." Well, I mean, n- nonetheless, uh, they were in good company. At least they were recorded at a studio that knows how to make a good metal album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, so first first main song. Gives you pop that up. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> First first actual I won't say first actual song, let's just say second song on the album. After the after the intro with Apocalyptica comes in with her voice resides. One of the main reasons why this song stood out to me so much was just the contrast between the intro. I love when there's a, a smooth intro and you're like, Oh, this is kinda of peaceful. This is nice. It was, and then it was it like just mellow but dark, right. eerie. Yeah, like you didn't know which, what to which expect. goes with the which goes with the overall sort of theme kinda of going on with the album and everything. But when it goes from that intro with Apocalyptica and then her voice resides, mm-hmm. it's just night and day. And it, well, it, dude, it as soon, goes as soon as so it, nicely. It's almost like flipping the light switch. Right. So it's like, all right, well, you know, we're 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 fading in. Like the the first track is like a fade in from black, and all of a sudden when the lights hit, bam, you've got you're in it. Like it's it's you're going. Here. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where this goes. So, as, as I as I'm listening to it, as I was listening to the first couple songs, I I really felt like the album was kind of just a breakup album and the emotions that you feel with a breakup when you're in a relationship with that person for years and years and years. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it kind of, you know, falls hand in hand with the, you know, with what's going on in the song. It right was, here. it was definitely a love album, but not like a good love album. Not like good as far as like quality, but like not, not good love, but like not like a, a hap- bad. happily in love. It's like right. post um, really rough relationship because a lot of it seemed like most of the time it was like 
you know, this was someone you loved, but you <laughs> weren't in the position to uh, be in that loving relationship. You were, you know, uh, taking your own path as well as like, um, was it like what, room 409 seemed like it was like, you, you know, like got caught cheating or something. Right. You know? That's that, that was my, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I kind of thought, at first listen, I thought this was going to be an album where it kind of talked about like, you know, this is the beginning of the relationship and we're kind of going through this rough patch, you know, catches his girl cheating on him in room 409, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But um, as I started listening to more of the album, I, you know, it's kind of clear that it's probably not necessarily fully just about the breakup. Which, um, you know, the, the album name itself, The Poison, you know, that, that is the poison that's infecting you, that's making you sick, yeah. blah, 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 so on and so forth. I mean, but it, it, it could just be like that that relationship was so toxic that all this stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. It's like these two people that were ready to love each or wanted to love each other but weren't ready to, you know, they're doing their own own things. But yeah, it was, it's a real... But when, once we get to, once we get to 10 years today, 10 years ago... Ten years today. Ten years today. Um, yeah. I, I realized it could just be about all the stuff that sort of you know mm-hmm. makes you um, just a relationship in general. You know, right. like not even specifically a love relationship. Because mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, I can. You know, Ten years uh, today is one of my songs that I want to go over, and I mean, I've got two different instances that I'm going to relate to. So, um, all right, let's get into uh, her voice resides. Uh, you want to break it down lyrically for us, Dig? Yeah, I mean, just just right off the bat, it, you know, it starts off that the you know the um, from the singer's point of view that he realizes there's go, there's this rough patch, they're hitting some speed bumps in the relationship, and he, he senses that the time is ending, and from there, you know, he's kind of questioning what's going to happen next. Am I? You know, is is this the end of everything? Not just our relationship, but is this the end overall? Or will everything be okay ultimately in the end? That I mean, that just right off the bat in that first little chunk, that's pretty much what I hear. Um, one of, one of the things that sort of stood out to me a little later, uh, I think it's after the first course or so. It says the clock is ticking, my heart is bursting through my chest. I thought it was kind of interesting. Even though it's even though it's been done time and time again, I always think it's real interesting when people are able to, or when people do relate the clock to the heart because it you know it beats sequentially or not sequentially. Yeah, well, but I mean when when you're when you're that deep inside of yourself heart. though, like the littlest like thing you know. He, I mean he's obviously he's in his head this entire song. Yeah, like it, this song is almost like him talking to himself, like. Well, especially with the questions he's asking, you know, throughout it. Well, yeah. I just fall to pieces. Or yeah, he's you know, talking to himself. Right, exactly. I mean, he's he's talking about what happened uh, with this relationship, but it's like with himself, like in his own mind, like he's talking about sitting there and the chair is creaking and, you know, the clock's ticking. So it's like all these like little subtle sounds while he's in his head are like amplified to him, you know, like becoming like his heartbeat. <clears throat> But yeah, this that's uh this is the beginning of this this love ride we're going on. Yeah, one of the um one of the things I thought was pretty interesting was at some point in the song I'm trying to let me see where it was. 
Oh, there it is. Um, so will I just fall asleep or am I all right? To iron out the creases, you must lacerate me till they're gone. I thought this was kind of interesting because you could take it one of two ways. Of course, you know, creases and pants, creases and jeans are like the flaws in one's outfit, the mm-hmm. flaws in one's personal appearance. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting because lacerate could mean one of two things. Either, which I, I feel like he kind of means here to, uh, you know, just uh, make, make cuts in the skin physically or to criticize forcefully or severely, which I thought, you know, maybe the, maybe the relationship was so bad that, you know, she was, or whoever the individual was that this person's talking about was just criticizing him about every little tiny thing, uh, even the tiny little verbally verbal abuse and just right. Right. And, um, attacking somebody's like mental and mental health rather than like physically abusive. Right. Like, you know, just, Right. So I, I just thought it was interesting that you could take it one of two ways. It could be, you know, to, to get rid of those flaws, to get rid of those minor flaws that people oftentimes see in people or that this person that he's in a relationship sees towards him. She's either going to make those deep cuts in the flesh, whether they're, you know, metaphorically or, you know, seriously, verbally, you know, criticize him forcefully and, you know, about every little <clears throat> thing that he's doing. So, I, I mean, I, I know it's been the, it's the chorus through the entire song, but, uh, I mean, just reading through the lyrics and as you see this, this story progress as, you know, he's talking to himself, he's in his, in his mind trying to convince himself that he's trying to convince himself that it's done and he's okay with it. And then, uh, this chorus keeps repeating, but I mean, by the end of it, you know, when he's finally, you feel like he's accepted it. You you know you could read over the chorus. These are my final words to you. I know you're listening. Can you hear me? The time has come to say goodbye. These are my final words to you. I Meaning he's he's saying goodbye and that that's it. Moving on. Not, right. Not looking back. Not looking back. Not looking in the you know, rear view. Set the the whole song was convincing himself to move on, and then and he finally decided to make then, that take that plunge gone. and just go. <laughs> I feel it's only just vengeance When I'm frustrated I 
So her her voice resides. Man, we're we're into this album. <laughs> a solid first like lyrical it's song a, on the album. It's a great like attention grabber you know because it's yeah. it's so sudden like that blend of you know, like we we're talking about that intro into that like bam we're here and then i think right after that is four words right i think so yeah so after that you're get, man it doesn't really slow down until tears don't fall. it doesn't and i was talking to i was talking to i think um saying even about this one time and he was saying there, there's this um like formula for an album mm. you need to which I mean, it makes sense, yeah. you know, when he said it. Well, especially but when the first the first three I know songs, like, yeah, yeah. Gra- grab them within the first three, or you're gonna lose them, right? And they they do exactly that with this because mm-hmm. you have that orchestra, you know, string intro at the beginning, that dark eerie intro, yeah. Well, and then it I gets. Would, I would even blend that in just with the first song, just like those two together, and then you got four words, and then you go to probably their most popular song to date with "Tears Don't Fall." Mm-hmm. And there you got them. You know, right. on, on the third song, You're you hooked. know that's that's their You're biggest hooked. hit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> without a doubt. <clears throat> so um, before we get into this next song, I just want to say so. I, I was doing I was doing some research last night, just kind of surfing the web, trying to nardwire my way through this. You know, <laughs> you know, get get some research done. And I, I came across a couple. Um, I came across a Reddit Ask Me Anything from when I believe they came out with Venom, correct? And then I also came across, so when, back in 2005, 2006, I kind of forgot about this, but when, when albums came out, people reviewed them on like these blogs, kind of, and I came across a lot of these blogs that reviewed The Poison back from 2005 and 2006. Two funny things that, Two of the funny things that I came across in one, I, I forgot who the dude was that wrote this or who the individual was that wrote this. In the, fir- in the first paragraph, this is how they classify Bullet for My Valentine. While they're unfortunately tied to the sub-genre of hot topic metalcore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never heard that before, though. That's so funny because it, it does... Yeah, apply to that era because hot topic in that they're era kind of a hot topic band. Yeah. Hot topic in that era was the most popping shit. Like yeah. you go to the mall and it's. I mean, still to this day, I hot mean, topic it, packed. With it, it. it might be something today you talk about. Like, oh, that's a hot topic band, or you know. But like during that time oh, in two thousand six, hot topic band, dude. Hot topic was was the shit, dude. It was, like if if you were into that scene, like that was our story. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So yeah. remember the band tees, fucking look like the gates of hell, kind of like from the <laughs> entryway. Uh, I'll talk school. So after after the guy reviewing the album classifies them as a hot genre, uh, the the subgenre of hot topic metalcore, he judges a book by its cover. But in this case right here, I think it's funny how he described his experience of judging the poison by the cover. At first glance, The Poison may seem like a gimmicky album. What with the cover featuring blood and titties. But titties had two D's in it instead of T's. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going from he's going from talking to them, talking about them as this hot topic metalcore band. And then he's, I don't know, he's just judging the book by its cover like, oh, it's just another gimmicky 
you know, oh, new metal, blood, hot topic metal core album with the blood and titties. Blood and half naked chick, <laughs> you know, they're... I mean that is that is the perfect explanation of the cover. Uh, I mean, that is the album, yeah. Blood and titties it's, on it's it. It's got the real eerie fucking uh, font for the for both yeah, my Valentine. Dude. Like I think blood with the two like two guns and yeah. under two guns kind of coming up. <laughs> so, one more thing before we get into the next song. Reddit asked me anything. I, I got two two. I, I was scrolling through this Reddit asked me anything for a while, just kind of coming across anything that just stood out to me. These were the two questions that somebody on the Reddit asked me anything asked Bullet for my Valentine with responses from Bullet for my Valentine. This is the first one. There's a Mormon missionary going around Indiana saying he is a cousin of someone in your band. He walks around with a guitar and reads a lot of comic books. I need to know if he's telling the truth. This one actually didn't get a response from Bullet for my Valentine. <laughs> 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 but like of all questions, I think that's like the most perfectly set up question. Uh, the next one: if you had if you had to have sex with a mermaid, would she be half fish, half fish bottom mermaid, or half fish top mermaid? Half the, the uh, bullet for my Valentine said half fish bottom for sure. <laughs> and then the person responded who asked the question. He was like. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but of all things to respond to that one, but yes, the, the one before that, didn't get a response. Yes. No, I they, need closure yeah. to that question. They, they didn't. I, I didn't see any response to the Mormon missionary going around reading a lot of comics and playing his guitar. <laughs> but they respond to the, what kind of mermaid would you like to have sex with? <laughs> <laughs> they read that one. Like, oh, I'm not touching that yeah. one. <laughs> oh, that, one that one's too personal. I'm gonna go to the the sex with the mermaid one. <laughs> so funny. All right, man. All right, tears don't fall. Um, great song. The second song I was introduced to this band by. The first song I ever heard was uh, the song we play at the beginning uh, after the intro. Um, All these things I hate. Um, Tears Don't Fall was the second song I heard, and it's just, it's a real great song. I mean, it's, it's catchy, it's a little softer, um, but when you dive in here to these lyrics, it's, again, it's just about, like, kind of being, like, uh, it's almost like a lot of this, a lot of the stuff, uh, they're talking about in these songs, like, is, like, a battle within yourself, you know, because, He's talking about, like, sleeping next to this woman and, you know, like, <clears throat> talking about, like, uh, watching her sleep and all this. But at the same time, it it's, seems like he's just in his head, like, asking all these questions but not really saying anything out loud. And, <clears throat> you know, he's uh, he starts off the song with, like, with bloodshot eyes, I watch you sleeping. The warmth I feel beside me is slowly fading. Would she hear me if I called her name? Would she hold me if she knew my shame? And then it goes on to kind of like the <clears throat> the pre-chorus where uh, he says, there's always something going on. There's always something different going on. The path I walk is in the wrong direction. There's, so, there's always someone fucking hanging on. Can anybody help me make this better? Which, you know, it sounds like you're just sitting there talking to yourself. You know, it's like, like, 
like is he, is anyone going to hear me if i if i speak how i'm feeling or you know can anyone help me um i don't even know if it's like a direct like talking to this lady or just like a cry for help in general you know <clears throat> so i kind of went um when i first listened to the album like i said i kind of i kind of felt like it was this um kind of love breakup going through the worst of it sort of concept album like all the different stages of it when i first heard this song i kind of felt like it was um it was post breakup but he was still so obsessed with this individual that he was kind of watching her from afar mm. and I, I felt like the warmth he felt beside me slowly fading i felt like he so, he sort of still felt that warmth of the individual because it was so new still it was so recent yeah. that he still kind of you know felt her presence next to him um but he's sort of starting to realize that man you know this this kind of is the end and it's it's slowly so i i kind of took it that he's in in this scenario right here he's not still kind of with her but he's sort of watching her from afar and sort of coming to the realization that to me you know to me it's he's still like with her but this is like the story of the growth apart you know kind of like um so like you know he says the path the path that i walk is in the wrong direction you know that's obviously they're they're going two different places and what i got from it kind of is like they are they're moving in opposite directions and um the the relationship just wasn't ready you know they're they're on this this journey in two different areas <clears throat> and either they were okay at one point or they grew to this point but you know it, it it to me it just sounds like he's like coping with the fact that he knows he knows that this is a relationship that's like going in the wrong it's 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 not going right um uh and watching this woman that he loves kind of fall apart as well like in the chorus um he says your tears don't fall they crash around me meaning like to him those tears are like meteors like falling like that's the image he puts in my head like these tears falling from her eyes are just crashing around him like because either he feels hopeless like there's nothing he could do or maybe he's the cause of it so it's like dwelling on him even more um and her conscience calls the guilty to come home i, I kind of feel like <clears throat> what you were just saying like maybe he is he is the guilty one um or whatever you say or he's you, he's putting it on him you know he's putting right because the you know burden on as, himself. you know it may, maybe it could be maybe it could be her fault because of, but but because of the way she's sort of reacting to things he's sort of feeling like oh damn maybe this is my fault and she's like calling on him and like subconsciously making him feel like the guilty one to you know sort of keep coming back in a way i don't know <clears throat> Or again, maybe, I mean, this might be a, a reach, but we're talking about how in the later song, Room 409, it kind of seems like, uh, you know, yeah, he caught her cheating. But maybe this is like he's got this feeling, you know, that something's just not right and they're growing apart. And her conscience calls the guilty to come home. It's her own conscience. Like maybe he's not directly talking about like him knowing that, but like her conscience, she's the guilty it's calling her to to separate from him because you know she's 
well, in kinda, the wrong. You know, it kind of goes back to the the name of the album too. The poison. You know, um, maybe the poison is this. You know, it's. it's I know last week I, I I think I mentioned or during the AFI one I think I mentioned something about fairy tales, mm-hmm. but I you know I feel like it could be the same sort of scenario with this you know this this poison where the the effect is you know to sort of fuck with the mental of this individual and have them keep you know being drawn back in and keep coming back and keep going back to the same scenario and everything yeah. like that is the poison that keeps pulling you and pulling you and pulling you back in. Yeah, until you, until you just become aware of this and make that decision where it seemed like, you know, the first song might have been like a prelude to this, you know, like him making that whole, uh, or it's like foreshadowing the album. Right. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I'm making this conscious decision to say goodbye, but now we're going through this this story of, you know, maybe this is a concept album without really even, like, knowing about it. Maybe I just... Maybe, maybe, maybe I just wanted to be. And yeah, well, like, that could just be the yeah, way we think, though. But right. I mean, lyrically and the way they're going, it. I mean, we're not far off, right? And it know. is, you know, as as far as as far as the lyrics go themselves, they are. I'm not. I'm not. When I say this, I'm not saying that they're bad, but they are more straightforward. Yeah, than it's, other it's more. It's a. Doubt. It's a literal approach. Right. Literally, like, um, uh, lyrically, but. As a whole, when you look at the poison, I mean, it's you know, it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's real dark. Uh, well, a lot of their songs are just good and like catchy. It's got a, a real hard metal fucking vibe to it, and so it's like you enjoy it. But once you like, it's one of those things where you sit down, you break it down, you start like really getting into this. It's like fuck, dude. This is like. Some some of this stuff is like real painful stuff. It's like this is, some, is somebody's it, writing it this really down like it's out of how they feel, you know? Exactly. Either that or they're just like a good storyteller. But I mean, this is to me, this is uh, this is pain, you know, being written Without down. Without doubt, the majority of this album is releasing that pain that he's the poison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And one of their, because one of their biggest influences is Metallica, and you. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, I said I was going to talk about it after the song, but oh, I was just going I to know, say, okay. I was going to ask you, it's like, do you, f are there parts of songs where you're just like, that's Metallica, you feel like dude. It's Metallica. That's fucking Metallica. I was, I was doing that today because. <laughs> I Sorry, Gibby. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it up before the break. No, no that's, that's fine because. It's hiding perfectly. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't know if, if you were going to feel the same way. So I was like, I oh, felt you the know, same way. All right. Because. This, well, this hey, was. That's, a, that's a cheers. Newcastle. This, this was another question on the Ask Me Anything. One of the, one of their, uh, one of the people, one of the fans that asked Bullet for My Valentine a question was, you know, what's one of your biggest influences? And they said. Metallica, and you could you could feel the do you, you the can feel it in that intro Metallica. song? Oh yeah, the songs are dum, yeah. dum. it almost feels like um, uh, Inner Sandman kind of just about at the beginning because you get that dum, like that slow guitar plucking and yeah, yeah. That I I def I definitely see it. We're connected <laughs> at the minds. <laughs> Anyways, Ziggy's got some stuff for us. Uh, we're gonna talk about some some bullet history. Um, he did a, a lot of research here and we're going to talk about some stuff, break down a couple more songs, give a little shout out to our, our UK beer of the week, Newcastle. This, this is <clears throat> first time I ever got drunk was, was with on this Newcastle? little guy right here. Mm. It was, I, it wasn't really off Newcastle because I hated beer. First time I got drunk, I hated beer. Mm -hmm. So I drank gin. But we had, oh yeah, dude, oh, it, was, boy. it was gnarly, dude, it was some old gin Excuse too, me. it was gin from like well, that, the I mean, early 90s, maybe late 80s, it was some old stuff. Well, that wasn't a friendly, that wasn't a friendly drunk. It wasn't, it was gnarly, <laughs> I kept my retainer in my <laughs> it, mouth. It when probably I, was punching you the whole time. Dude, I, so yeah, you're drunk, kid, biggest, biggest drunk. <laughs> biggest regret of the night, I kept my retainer in my mouth. It was like post braces. I had my retainer in the mouth, and I was like... Well, that's when you felt like, like oh, i got to keep this in 24-7. Yeah, dude, but I was like drinking with it and puking with it, and it. I think I think I had to sterilize it for like 48 hours after that night to just Ugh. kind of bring it back to its original <laughs> so that when state. You're, so you're not breathing liquor? Because <laughs> like, it's just it's soaked into your oh, retainer, so, so you're just... Gross. You still get liquor so breath? so nasty. <laughs> It was so nasty. Oh, I bet. People. But I, I, th I think I made it through one of these, and I made it through. Oh, dude, they changed the labels. I just realized they changed the labels. It used to be like papery. Now it's a sticker. Mm. Hmm. Newcastle's. Oh, it's probably when they switched to Lagunitas. Mm. Found out recently that Newcastle started brewing. Uh, Lagunitas started brewing Newcastle. So maybe change. Brewed in Holland though. Yeah, it's weird. It says brewed in Holland. Lagunitas is uh, up here. north in Petaluma, California. So. Sorry, guys. Ziggy Braun is giving you lies. <laughs> but that is weird. I just realized that they switched to a sticker as opposed to the... Well, it was still a sticker, but it was like the papery. Well, they, they might they might yeah. do, they might might do still uh, have batches that Lagunitas putting out, you know? Okay. I don't yeah, know if cool. they still import it or if that was just like their outsourcing. <laughs> you know, like, oh, here, brew this for us. Man, dude, I haven't had Newcastle in a while. It's pretty good. Big shouts to uh, Yak. Yeah, we're right. gonna we're gonna have um, the big big bad yak in a couple weeks when we do sing the sorrow for AFI's album. He loves Newcastle. Won't be drinking Newcastle that <laughs> we week won't. though. We will not. It's, honestly, dude, it's kind of it's kind of um, 
every not every sip but every couple of sips after i think about it it's kind of nerve-wracking drinking it because it has like a nutty flavor to it mm. and i and i drink it and i'm like oh shoot am i gonna have an allergic reaction right now to this and i'm like oh no it's just it's, it's a brown ale it's got that nutty flavor yeah, it's good it's real, always a go-to it's real mellow it's a dark beer like dark beers seem like it's like oh it's gonna be like an ipa kind of and you know really kick your ass every time you drink it but um yeah it's it's real mellow it's good beer i i dig it so um so let let's get into a little b f m v history bullet for my valentine BFMV history history i'm rocking the acronyms over here just like for, for listening to, for the beatas the beatas the, the so b f m v for the beatas <laughs> we're listening to some b f m v for the beatas all right so Last night, when I was doing my research for this BFMV podcast, I came across the fact that Bullet for My Valentine used to be called Jeff Killed John. And if you're on Apple Music and you try to look up Jeff Killed John, it just pops up Bullet for My Valentine. Yes. Like it, it, does. it just it streams even, like you straight there. Boop. Oh, here they are. <laughs> even even on YouTube, if you search Jeff Killed John, they, they came out with an EP in 2003, which actually had all these things I hate about you. Um, so Jeff Killed John came out with an EP in 2003. When you search Jeff Killed John on YouTube, it still says like in parentheses, Bullet for My Valentine. Hmm. Almost every video I came across still said Bullet for My Valentine. I wonder why they changed. Yeah, I wonder if it was just like the major label wanted a different name. Probably or? just a. Maybe it just wasn't appealing to the masses. Maybe I, I feel like Bullet for My Valentine is more. I mean, I mean that's the, that's the industry, right? I mean, the, the industry is like, ah, Jeff killed John. Well, can't because sell that. You well, because they, I, I, I don't think it was a label thing. I, I feel like it was more just a personal preference because they, they were bullet for my Valentine before they became. From what, from what I read, they, they, they were they bullet, a little bigger. Yeah, before <clears throat> Poison came out, which was their main like record debut album, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um. So Jeff Killed John EP came out in 2003 that had all these things I hate about you. All these things I hate did you revolve listen, around did me. You, did you listen to it? No, I didn't get a chance. The only one I listened to was the one I sent you, okay. which cool. was... Because I, I want to know if like it was re-recorded at a higher like production value or if on that EP it's like just that actual song and they just threw that on the poison. I, I, th- I think so... I think it was multiple songs because what what happened was, I, I I think they released a series of EPs in a duration of a couple of years, and then some of their favorite songs from those EPs they put onto the Poison, and then sort of constructed the Poison kind of based off those few tracks. I'm sure they had like a, <laughs> a producer kind of reproduce some right, right. Because well, I I did hear I did though hear I I didn't hear the full EP, but I did hear the original. All these things I hate version from the Jeff Kilt John era. Oh yeah, that's that's what I was asking. Right, yeah, my did, bad. Did it sound um, uh, it, it did sound different. different. It it okay. sounded I mean I'll not go, not drastically different, but you could tell that the production just lower quality. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They weren't they weren't recording at uh you know the the big studio all the metal bands were right. recording. And I, I I think I think the bassist because they they switched the bassist when they when they were still like in the early era of Jeff Killed John, I think they switched bassists, 
and the basses does a lot of the like backup vocals and stuff on okay. the poison. And I, I don't know about the rest of their albums, but he does a lot of backup stuff on the poison. And I, I feel like he, with that in mind, I feel like he might have been one to maybe sort of help guide them in the right direction because that's when they started kind of blowing up and everything. But so Jeff Some, killed Johnny. Sometimes P. It, all it takes is one guy. Exactly. Like, you know, AFI for three albums uh, didn't have their bassist or guitarist that they have now. And their first album they had that on was Black Sails. And right. they went from Black Sails till now where, you know, they're touring with Smashing Pumpkins this summer still. So. Well, even um, even um, Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy, he writes all the music. Like he yeah. writes the guitar parts, he writes the vocalist. Uh, that's what I've noticed the, is like there, there's usually one like composer, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, if you, if your role is to play the drums and whatever they write for you, you play them. That's I mean, you're still in the band, but right, you know, it's so I uh, I like collective creativity, but I don't like too much creativity to where nothing gets done. So right, and having the willpower to sit back and just accept that you know, like I'm gonna play the drums because this guy's a kick-ass composer. And, you know, it makes us money. Well, that was, that was one of the things when I was in The Shifted. You know, Harris did all the guitar parts. Harris did all the vocals and everything. But it was, you know, it was up to me to do the drums and up to Chris to do the bass and everything. And it, it was kind of cool because, you know, I mean, Harris so, just pounded so out So when he, like, brought you a demo, song. it would just be like he would come with the guitar riffs and the vocals. Yeah. And, yeah. and he would be like, all right, what, what can you guys do with this? Yeah, so he would just, he would basically just, like, play the intro, play the chorus verse bridge so on and so forth and we we, we would kind of just piece it together piece by piece like he would play the intro figure out something for the intro play the verse figure out something for the verse play the chorus figure out something for the chorus and then once we sort of had everything sort of mapped out and planned out then we would just piece it all together in one cohesive piece cool so it's, it's, so it's, it's almost like breaking down like five different songs exactly and, and then making one at the end exactly awesome um so um yeah back to jeff Kill yeah. john or john killed jeff <laughs> I, I think I got this right. I, I don't know if I copied. Oh, yeah, it is. Jeff Killed John. That, that sounded more yeah. correct. So Jeff Killed John EP comes out in 2003. It has all these things I hate revolve around me. Um, in 2004, they re, they switched their name to Bullet For My Valentine. When they switched their name to Bullet For My Valentine, they came out with a self-titled EP. And then in 2005, prior to releasing... The Poison, because The Poison came out in 2005 in the UK, October 3rd. They came out with the Hand of Blood EP. Both the Jeff Kill John, or the Jeff Kill John EP, the self-titled Bullet for My Valentine EP, and then the Hand of Blood EP, each had, I forget the exact songs, but each EP had one song that ultimately ended up being on The Poison. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I kind of think, I, I think it was like, I think Tears Don't Fall was one of them from one of the EPs. I think it was, uh, it was, um, in four words. It was Cries, Cries, what was, something Cries, and it was Cries, some Cries, four words, and I only, what I read said only two, but if you're saying, if you're saying all these things I hate about you, that, you know, that's obviously three, um, but it's, uh, Cries, fuck, what is that? Sorry about this, guys. So while while Gibby's looking that up, there's one more interesting fact that I just, I, I never knew this before. I thought it was kind of cool. I used to play Madden a lot <laughs> back in the day. You know that four words was on Madden NFL 2006. Yeah. Yes. All right. Cries in vain. 
Cries, yeah, that's what it was. Cries in vain. So it was cries in vain, tears don't fall, and then all these things I hate. Four words, not tears. Four don't words. Fall. Okay, <clears throat> four words. All right, uh, Madden. Yes. Did you say the year? Two thousand six. All right, two thousand six. Because that's when it came out in the U.S. All right. That's when they really popped off in the U.S. That right there is a question that I've been asking for a while because I remembered four words from a video game. Okay. I felt like it was like a dirt bike game or something, you know, like I was like motocross. It, it felt like it went there. Or like Tony Hawk. But I was like, dude, I, re- I remembered hearing this song constantly on a game. And well, what game was it? All right. So it was Madden. It was Madden. Answer my question. Yeah, Madden 2006. Should we get into this? Yeah, uh, Room 409. <clears throat> All right, so Room 409, basically right off the bat, from, from what it sounds like is this, this guy comes across his girl sneaking into the room of somebody else. But I was, uh, was kind of you know looking into some stuff. I mean, the first, you, you can read the first four lines. Exactly. And it kind of gives you a picture. Exactly. But I was, I was reading over some stuff and I was like, typically I feel like when people name or have a song named after a number, the number has to mean something. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's some deeper meaning behind the number. So I looked up the number 409 just out of curiosity and it redirected me to the site called Angel Numbers. Angel numbers are just some some numbers that have uh, over the course of time, like they come up periodically, like they they they're, they repeat in history, pretty much. Hmm. So just out of curiosity, um, I wanted to just read what each number meant. So number four relates to our drive, passion, and purpose, and resonates with practicality and application, establishing solid foundations, honesty and integrity, diligence, and determination to successfully achieve goals. Number nine, oh wait, number zero relates to developing one's spiritual aspects and carries the vibration of the God force, it was in quotations, and universal energies, eternity, infinity, oneness, wholeness, continuing cycles, and flow. The number nine resonates with light working and service to humanity, philanthropy, and benevolence, selflessness, responsibility, leading to positive example, blah, 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 so on and so forth. I thought it was kind of interesting because I, you know, this, this, this might be a stretch. Of course, in the song, he's going through some shit. Mm-hmm. Like he's he saw some shit that would make the most easygoing, kind person go absolutely one hundred percent nuts, insane. I, you know, I, I I thought you know I thought it was kind of interesting hearing what the numbers four and zero and nine meant, kind of collectively and everything, and you know, kind of. You know, I feel like having the music pulled him out of that hole that he was probably in from seeing his girl go into, what was it, going into, oh, on your knees and into his apartment and everything. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I I thought that was kind of an interesting, you know. Yeah, to me, to me, I just took it as like just hearing the, the lyrics was, you know, the first four lines are, I can't believe what I've seen so so scratch my eyes out you were at ease on your knees in his apartment that's you know? some shit right there you know it's like i just figure okay the, so this is like the apartment number that you know he found her in and you know you said his you said his name as i came in your direction now i chose what to do with both of you it's like it, when you when i heard those first like five lines i was like fuck dude this this thing this is like one of those movie scenes where it's like oh you 
you know, he catches his probably gonna murder. Somebody. You know, he's walking in there with a gun because obviously he's like, if it's in his uh, this dude's apartment, he knew it was going on. Which were like you said. Remember you were saying earlier, like uh, it seems like he might be watching from afar, like he's right. stalking. It's like which is another one of the reasons why it kind of felt like it consecutively, you know, yeah, dude. It, which brings back of, like a crazy like concept album feel to this, and <clears throat> it, it's crazy how much you can like really learn and see music differently when you know. You just take take the minute to read what's fucking going on. Cause, I mean, you strip it strip it of all music and any catchiness or you know any anything like that. And you just read it word for word. You're just like, whoa. Well, even even, even another one. So, um, the 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 first set of lines, it, it's pretty much the same as you get later in the song. But there's there's one slight difference. That I start to come across. So the, the the first one, I can't believe what I've seen. So scratch my eyes out. You were at ease on your knees in his apartment. As you get later into the song, it says, I take a step to the left. Now you see me. Tears start to pour as you crawl in his apartment. So it, it's slightly different, but now she's she consciously knows that the whoever the vocalist is there, but she's still going through with what she's doing knowingly. Or while knowing that, you know, the vocalist is there and or or maybe, whoever this individual maybe is. Maybe even he's speaking as, like, <clears throat> her conscience or her, like, guilty conscience and sees him knowing that this she's doing this to him. And she's seeing him there as, like, a figure that's not really there. But, like, consciously she just knows what she's doing is fucked. Right. You know, so she's, you know, she's seeing what's going on. But that's why she's able to carry out still. Because, you know, he's not actually there. Because I'd, I'd imagine if there's some fucking guy there that's, like, sitting there watching you do your thing with some other dude, there's not going to be a whole lot of continuing. At least if not if it was me. Well, so so the, the only reason why I was kind of under the influence that it was still <clears throat> it was still kind of from the singer's perspective was at the beginning. So he's, he's talking, you know, he, he, he sees them together he knows in his own mind what he needs to do next. And then as you get later in the song, he says, you screamed his name as I came in your direction. Fists start to fly, say goodbye. There's no excuses. So again, it's kind of just like, you know, taking it as it is on here that he's just, you know, um, kind of just following through with his feelings and his emotions and everything and trying to, you know, maybe at the point where he blacks out and he doesn't really know what he's doing and he's just, taking care of the person that hurt him I guess I don't know it could ultimately be a deeper meaning but just you know, it, it kind of seems straightforward I'd say it's just I mean it's just more toxic more poison because you know you, you, your words bury me of what I used to be I can't erase those things I've seen your heart smothers me and now it's hard to breathe I mean that's just straight heartbreak you know what I mean and he's, he's like, I can't erase all my memories, erase all my memories of you. So, it's, I mean, it's just suffering, suffering through something that you have absolutely no control of. Right. And, you know, he's he's going through it, which is a lot of <laughs> pretty much every song so far. I mean, it's, it'll change a little bit next song. But, yeah, I mean, it, I, I've, and, and that's one of the reasons. Well, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to that. But, um, 
Yeah, it's definitely a it's it's definitely just a heartbreaking album, man. It's you know, musically it's just fucking I mean, lyrically too it's good. But you start really getting into the lyrics and you're like, damn, dude, you feel for this guy. Yeah, well just because it's it's That's so rough. good musically and it's like it's fun to jam to oh, and yeah. just like you know, it's like, Oh man, these guys are fucking good. Uh that you kinda lose track of the lyrics and well, a lot of music's like that too. Unless you, you know, you sit, you, you know, type sit there it up. and get into it. And listen to break listening to Por- and... listening to Porphyria a couple weeks ago. You know, it's like fuck, dude. This this is a pretty jamming song. Let me look up the lyrics, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa fuck that's yeah, what it means. that's sick. I'm e- I'm even more stoked <laughs> for this now. But but yes, yeah, this is the same with this. It's like you appreciate the music. You appreciated the song at first. And now you went to go research it, and when you're researching it, you're getting this deeper meaning of like, whoa, dude, this song went a little deeper than I thought it was. Right, and you you know that. I mean, he held this girl close to his heart, whoever it was, because of the way he's talking about everything. I mean, he, he cared about this individual deeply. Yeah. Very deeply, definitely. and it, I mean, it definitely. Assume, assuming it's this, it's the same woman throughout this album, right? And it, yeah. you know, it could be, it could be something different, but just you know, ba- based off what I mean, I've if, heard, if on, it's not, then I, I feel for the dude because yeah. he's going through it a Some lot, shit with a lot of people. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like it had to be that one individual, you know, who it got to him, it got to him. <laughs>
10 years today. Um, this song, uh, I liked the song. That's why I picked it. And then, you know, typically that's when I go and look up the lyrics. Because, I don't know, for whatever reason, sometimes when you've got music involved and, you know, you've got the transition of from, you know, verse to chorus and all that, it's harder to really pick up a true meaning of a song until you go just, like, read it and you're just like, okay, that's what I got from it. Um, this was one of those songs for me. Like, I, I dug the song. It sounded like something I, I really uh, would want to break down. And once I started getting into it and breaking it down... It uh it hit a little close to home, and I I felt a couple of situations which I'll talk about that um really related to this whole situation, but to me it's it's about just you know um the loss of a friend like you know someone died doing something that you know might have took their life a little too early and it's from the perfen- the friend's perspective of like dude, what the fuck just happened? How did I just lose my friend? Like, you know, like, 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 let's just say, like, we get a phone call right now, and let's, uh, it says, oh, you know, fucking, uh, Dylan Drugs blew the fuck up. You know, he just spontaneously combusted. We'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, there's no way Dylan Drugs is dead. <clears throat> couldn't just blow up. And, um, you know, I lost a friend in the middle of high school. Um, a kid I grew up with, he lived right down the street from me. We spent like every single day together, dude. Like we'd go ride bikes together. Um, I, I cleared like my first bike jump with this dude and he was like super pumped for me and like came up and like hugged me cause he was super stoked. Cause I like for, for like weeks I was scared. I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm, I can't do it. I don't want to crash my bike. And I did it, and he was super pumped. It, it was one of my best friends growing up. And I moved away, kind of lost touch with him. And is that up north? Uh, yeah, I found out he um, he overdosed using uh, oxycontin in like sophomore or junior year. I think it was like 2007, something somewhere around there. But you know, gone, gone forever. That was one of those moments. Like, like what the fuck? And then you feel resentment. Like throughout through this song, it seems like. You know, this person is like knew what was going on that could have taken their friend, and it did, and they're kind of resentful towards them for continuing on that path. Right, and that's that. That's a. I feel I feel like a lot of individuals who you know go through that feel that sort of way, they you know, they're like, man, if I knew I could have done this, but you can't. You know, you can't always be the one to beat yourself up over it too. Yeah, you know you j- just know that you know you were there to you know be their friend. You were there to enjoy those moments with them, and if you if you knew what was going on, you know probably could have done. You know, I I don't know, but it's it, it it's a it's a tough song to talk about. It's a tough song to talk about for sure. But um, when I when when I first listened to it, you know, it took me it took me a little bit to kind of fully I feel fully grasped what was Piece going on because well because I I was still because I, I feel like the song's a little later on in the album mm-hmm. and I was still under this impression that hey this is a song about a girl I, w- I was under the impression that like every song was about this girl so I started listening to the song and I was like I, I guess this could be about a girl but then part of me was like eh, I, I don't know about that 
So I was I was reading the lyrics and one word stood out to me. I was like, I need to look that up. I'm not too sure about that one. Which what were we? Plectrums. 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 Hmm. Uh, a little. So it says, ten years ago, I um, I stood beside the wood that held you. I must sit down. My legs are shaking. We let you go with gifts of plectrums. So like, let me let me let me check this out. After I looked up this word, everything made sense. Plectrums are there's these uh, there's these picks you can get for your hands that like go uh, go over your fingers. Mm-hmm. So you have like it, it's kind of like a like a finger pick, but it goes over your finger kind of. Yeah. So when I heard that, it, it, it made me just think of the music community as a whole. It, you know, go growing up in uh, go, when when I was in high school. When I was in the band, the punk band, in high school, post-high school and everything, the music community was a close-knit community. We were all, you know, everybody at high school who played instruments or, or who was in a band, we all kind of knew each other and talked to each other. After high school, everyone who was in a band the same time I was in the shifted and everything, we all talked about music and we all knew each other and we always like hit each other up and everything. So this this one just really this that line alone just really stood out to me because he says we let you go with gifts of plectrums. It's this individual who was deep in music with them, who had a passion for music similar to the people of Bullet for My Valentine, and they gave him this parting gift at the end of his life that most closely intertwined with how they knew each other. You know, which was music. Because music, music's notorious oh, for bringing okay. well, people together. That that, I that, mean, that that plays with the very next line, because we let you go with gifts of plectrums for your journey and, and melodies, melodies to help you on your way. way. Exactly. So it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, because... I'll serenade before I do. It, it, it all, that, that was what made... That single word was what made everything make more sense to me. Because, you know, I was going through it even, you know... Well, it, whoever it, you're it definitely to, whoever makes, you're... it definitely clears up whether it's it's that same girl or not. I mean, this is definitely a deeper, closer right subject. Because I mean, my girlfriend's my best friend. I'm sure, your wife is your best friend. Those those who it's were debatable. <laughs> nah, she's my friend. <laughs> those those who are with our are our friends, right? And it goes. Um, you know, at the beginning, just like you mentioned, you know, 10 years ago, I got the call that nearly killed me. Repeat yourself. My hands are shaking. When I was told my friend was gone, I felt so guilty. I was still, you know, going through the poison and listening to the poison. Again, like I said, I was under the impression that it was about this girl. So when he when he goes in and says that, you know, my friend was gone, I felt so guilty. I'm still kind of under the impression that he's talking about, you know, this girl that he was talking about in all these other songs. Because, you know, you know, the girl's your friend, right? And, um... But that that line about the plectrums, and after I looked up the plectrums, I was like, "This has to be about somebody different." I'm guessing. Yeah. So that I, that that was that was the thing that kind of stood out to me, and now I know the definition of the word plectrums. So. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what what instantly well what's cleared it up for me that it, you know it's it's got to be like this like funeral, like death setting that he's um, describing. You know, he says, 
I stood beside the wood that held you. Obviously, that's got to be the like coffin the coffin. Or, yeah. You know. Well, so, something yeah. else I was thinking too was maybe it was somebody that committed suicide. The wood that held you because um, it talks about oh, uh, like maybe like he stepped stepped off the stool or yeah, like because uh, I stood beside the wood that held you. I must sit down oh, like okay. in the chair. That 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 was because I was kind of going back and forth with the coffin and the chair. I was like, what you know, hmm. what specifically? Because you know, with the legs shaking and everything, so that that was that was a little hard for me to interpret specifically what he was talking about. But I feel more so. Like it's the coffin because it was ten years ago at the funeral. He's he, maybe it was well. He, casket, and he keeps, he keeps repeating, "How could you leave us that way?" Too right. so that yeah. a, a suicide would make sense. Where it's like, I mean, you you never really understand someone taking their own life unless you're that person that made that decision because you're right. just sitting there like, why, like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, so that does make sense. That makes a whole lot of sense, actually. Man, how could you leave us that way? Where did you go? Ten years today. Where did you go? Ten years today. Where did you go? How could you leave us that way? It's it's real interesting how throughout the album he asks a lot of questions. Yeah, it, so I, like, I feel like, like it I really said, is it's, just it's, it's like almost like a mental um, yeah, like a mental conversation health, with himself. You know, kinda. like like he's he's struggling within, and um, it nothing seems very direct because it's a lot of questions that you're kind of almost like asking like rhetorically or something you know like just asking yourself it's like you know the answer but you're still sitting there asking like why Mm -hmm. why why maybe the poison is just the fact that he can't let these things go and that's what's depressing him and bringing him down being toxic to him but uh i mean i i related to this with like the resentment with uh you know my friend and then you know i'm coming up on was it 2019 Seven years, my dad spontaneously decided to that he wasn't gonna live anymore. Um, when I got that phone call, you know, it was it was one of those like, wow, like how how why how can mm. how can this happen type of deal? And you know, it's like every year for me, it it seems to be like that whole like I revisit like like you know, seven years ago today, like this happened, like are like I'm still tripping, like what. I mean, because my, my father passed away by his heart, like, erupting in his chest. You know, it wasn't like a very, like, oh, you know, he just got old. You know, <laughs> you know, the, right. but I, because I was like the head of his, his whole ordeal. So they sent me his information and I got the certificate that says, you know, it's like, uh, you know, his um, cardiac um eruption or something like that or i think it was a different word but basically meant like his heart just exploded in his chest so i I read up about it It it's basically like it's instant death so i mean at least there's that but you know it's like those were the two things that kind of gravitated with me when i was like listening to this i was like okay this is easy this is about loss maybe death and maybe not but you know once i look into it it's definitely about death losing somebody Mm. <clears throat> I never lost anybody through suicide, but, um, I mean, just the relatable <laughs> aspect of resentment and just not knowing how to feel about a certain situation <clears throat> after death is what really brought me to that. <laughs>
today bullet for my valentine the poison what an album i'm glad everybody was able to sit here and you know listen to us break it down um if you've never heard the album now go back and listen to the full album it's it's a fantastic album and if you listen to it back in 2006 when it dropped in the u.s get it again Look it up on Apple Music. Look it up on Spotify. It's, look it up on It's YouTube. definitely worth a revisit. It's, I mean, it if, is. if you loved it then, you're going to love it now. And you're going to appreciate the level of like rock music that we got in our early to mid-2000s that we really aren't too exposed to right now today. And, dude, just think of the youth. Like, fuck, dude. Like... Rock music made you feel so rebellious and like mm. so like like you you know like when when you became part of that scene you're like fuck yeah all right yeah this is me this is what I want <clears throat> it's like fuck now all kid what 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 makes you feel like that going to like a rave or something or EDC you're like oh coach every, Hella? everyone no. hates this mumble rap that must be against the grain yeah. you know what I mean? what if, what if today's society like these kids today they're way of like <laughs> rebelling and like becoming these like free thinkers is being part of this mumble rap movement i mean that's a whole different story in itself i i i can't see it happening just because it's so ignorant and like dumb to me but i then again i'm i'm just the old dad now so <laughs> you know so we're you know, the my, old generation my dad thought all my fucking shit was old and it was weird and dumb too so newcastle one of my first experiences with beer was Newcastle. It's a great beer, uh, brown ale, it's got real light, not not too heavy, uh, easy to drink. But I mean, I'm and I know I'm six in right now. I, I know I know that was one of the things that you know it, it being around since 1927. I, I know way back, you know, way back when when beer was becoming I mean it's beer's been around for years. Yes. But I know it used to be one of those things where you could kind of like drink it constantly throughout the day kind of on a social level without getting completely obliterated. Yeah. And this is I one mean, of those uh, beers where you could do uh, that. You know, it's it's 4.7 Yeah, I'm almost 4. a 6.7% almost a six pack worth in and I mean I've got yeah, a cool little buzz cuz I mean it's the end of the week I'm a little tired haven't drinking all week but uh, I'm functionable, right? I got. I, I got can a drink cool, a few more before I'm real like. Woo. I got a cool little buzz. It's definitely not gonna fuck you up in three like the space dust. Oh man, space <laughs> dust got me real drunk. It, it's, it's yeah, space dust is a whole nother level. But Newcastle is a solid taste. Like I said, it's that brown ale, so it's got that nutty flavor to it. It's got it's just like a slight nutty flavor to mm-hmm. it, and um. You know, I, I've never been a I've never been a huge fan of the brown ales. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of the stouts. I'm a fan of the porters. Um, but 
brown ales I'm still kind of getting used to, but Newcastle is one of those brown ales that I could consistently sort of drink. Yeah, it's wanna. it's it's good. I mean, if you were to introduce someone to a brown ale, uh, Newcastle would be one to definitely uh, shoot towards them. It is the one and only. The one and only. It says it on the bottle. <laughs> yeah, guys, so we, we we went over Bullet for My Valentine, The Poison, while drinking Newcastle because they are from the United Kingdom as well as this beer. And um, we will see you next time.